Hello and welcome to the Half Court Press podcast. I am Jimmy Watkins, Nebraska basketball beat writer for the Omaha World Herald. He is Joel Lorenzi, the Creighton basketball beat writer for the Omaha World Herald. LinkedIn over here. We are, we are back. We have real basketball-related activities. I'm not quite ready to call Division II exhibitions basketball, but basketball-related sure. activities to discuss. Nebraska played Shadron State last week. Creighton played Iowa State in the super secret mums the word scrimmage yeah. last week. They're playing Drury this week, and there will be no Kanye West over the loudspeakers. <laughs> Kanye West is done at the CHI Health Center. His Spotify dreams are, I hope, plummeting. I'd probably not though. Probably not. Who's Let's using be honest. Spotify anyway? Let's be honest. We don't need to have that conversation right now. Um, <laughs> I don't know, Joel. Do you have a do you have a Kanye Creighton take? Um, sure, but first I want I want y'all to know that Jimmy got on this camo Lakers hoodie. You're also Showing, wearing a Lakers jacket. This is Minneapolis, though, dog. Oh. This is this is different. It's, it's really? cool because it happened 70 years ago. Well, I just like you, the jacket, but enormous Bob Pettit guy. Over I just want to say Jimmy George Mike like, and I should say Jimmy looked like Eminem in Eight Mile right now with this hoodie <laughs> on. But um, in terms of the Kanye stuff, um, man. Just on the song front alone, well, one I'm not surprised about this, but um, we should pow- Kanye Power Con- Kanye. If you don't know, yeah. said some anti-Semitic stuff. Yeah, <laughs> we'll yeah. leave it at that. And now he's been dropped by Adidas and also by Creighton. Yeah, understandable. And um, just on the Power front, Power itself is a uh, it's become really overrated to me. Like it's a real cheesy. That's a cheesy turn up song, dog. Like they could have easily it's went also, another way a long a lot, time ago it's a lot about there's a lot going on with power it's also about like suicide and that song's crazy but. yeah and it i mean i get that most people know it by now so like that yeah but like i think they should be asking the players what they want to come out to anyway i mean i don't think yeah and i don't think a lot of these current day 19 20 year olds are trying to come out to 2005 kanye yeah, West. That's it's, a fair that point. shit is weird and it frankly if they need a playlist i already tweeted at them they could they could hit me for <laughs> real and I'm not Jimmy. I'm not gonna put out some LL Cool J, some Slick Rick. Like I'm gonna, should, I'm gonna give man. you some hot shit to come out to. So knock him out the park, Rick. Knock him, <laughs> knock him out the park, Rick. Um, oh, yeah, I don't know. Kind of, like, bro should have been canceled a while yeah. ago. I, I mean, I'm, he's I'm, been I'm, doing crazy stuff. For I don't want to. It's not like this is a, a fine time to decide. Okay, we're done with Kanye West now, but like, like Joel, we were talking about this before the show. He did say that slavery was a choice. Like five years ago yeah so. so dog been been kind of sick in the head for a while so. i i would the only thing i would submit is just like it's pretty clear and has been pretty clear for a really long time now that this dude needs a heap of psychological help yeah i hope he gets that i don't know how to how to weigh that against him saying some really problematic stuff and the problem the problem with that is like of course you should everyone should know that like oh that's ridiculous but because we live in such a heavy celebrity culture and like there's a distrust of of like typical news media i just anytime someone in with that kind of following and popularity says something crazy it it it, kept, it caught on somewhere yeah. it caught on somewhere and that's that's why it's a big deal um talking hoops nebraska basketball sun shattering state 8760 despite punish just punishing those rims like 
those rims were bleeding by the end. Neither team could make a jumper. Mm. Um, big picture. I mean, I've been talking about this on the radio this week, but like big picture <coughs> takeaways. I don't know. <laughs> Shattered State. Like Shattered State has one six eight dude, two six seven dudes, and one one or two six six dudes. Nebraska has starts two six ten six nine guys. Juwan Gary is a freak athlete at six six. Yeah. Blaze Keita is big. Oleg the Ben Simmons treatment, though. Yeah, as <laughs> I saw. I sent Joel a clip when I was watching back the the scrimmage of Juwan Gary catching a pass on the wing and Shadron State just staring at him and saying, "All right, go ahead." He shot it. He missed it. Interestingly enough, we can, I guess this is an important point because Juwan Gary is sort of a key swing piece for Nebraska basketball this year. He is the guy who inspired Fred Hoiberg to change the philosophy on offensive rebounding before it was kind of like the NBA. We're going to prioritize transition defense unless you're in this very specific area, run back as fast as you can, which is hilarious because their transition defense was terrible last year. But now it's, you know, they are designating guys like as crashers and guys who get like, they are attacking it. And Jawan Gary is one of those dudes who every time a shot goes up, he's going to be going after it. And that's can be a huge weapon, uh, particularly for a team that, might miss a lot of shots but it's kind of it's a tricky piece to fit if the if the defense doesn't respect the dude right so like joel general basketball question what we're talking about here is like floor spacing and how do you how do you fit a player that does some good things like juan gary's a good defensive player he's a good offensive rebounder he brings you know he he's the dog out there he people feed off of him it's a good guy to have on the court looks like he's gonna be their sixth man but if he can't shoot what do you do with that what's that balance yeah and frankly i don't i never pay close enough attention to see where he stands as a passer but um like the warriors have laid out the blueprint right like um the warriors also have insane spacing at all times let me get to my point okay so um just like the warriors have been able to play two non-shooters with with their lines right because um they have great movement shooters and dudes who can not only use like in Steph obviously incredible player use their handle to to get to spots and even move so well without the spots I don't know that Nebraska has anybody like that so Casey Tomonaga nicknamed by Fred Hoiberg last year the Japanese Steph Curry yeah I I (laughs) You don't well, see him convinced. No, he shot thirty three percent from three last yeah, year. Yeah, I should mean, be noted. the the talent level to be able to really maximize Jawan Gary isn't on his roster right now. Um, it would be like to me the only, I mean, the only income talent I see like that would be like a Rob Dillingham or something like that. They really get to a spot like you got to have a crazy handle, I think, to to be able to change a a lineup with like a Jawan Gary. Otherwise, they're just gonna have to live with kind of what he gives them i mean this is something we probably knew coming into the season anyway we've talked about it before yeah they also like he's six six so he's not going to be your five i'd be intrigued actually to watch them go super small and play my five in in certain situations at least that allow for it at least as your four and then i guess with wilheim kind of stretching the floor at the five at least that's the way it's supposed to. that's possible and fred played a zillion different lineup combinations against shadron state Mm -hmm. which is what what coaches do they want to experiment during these exhibitions that was one of them there were there were a couple of wilhelm juan pairings um as far like it's not just about shooting he did make two of them which is nice one one in the corner one above the break a couple he probably shouldn't have taken i had lunch with somebody in nebraska basketball who agreed with me that he may maybe didn't want to take 
a couple of those. I think Fred even said on the radio this week that a couple of them were rushed or something, which is code for don't take those. Um, <laughs> but there are other things. Like, the offensive rebounding thing is something that can – it's not going to necessarily make a defense pay attention to you and, like, be up in your grill and create space. But it's something that you can use to your advantage if they want to guard you like that. It's harder to put a body on somebody when you start farther away from them, right? So, like, that's something that, you know, guy like – Russell Westbrook, before he was down bad, would do sometimes. If teams would ignore him, he would crash boards hard and, and sneak in. That way, you can try to sneak in like on back cuts, or it may be a situation. We'll see how it goes. Like it's possible. Fred is adamant. He's talking about how they had this. He had this left leaning <coughs> balance issue on his shot, Alabama, and they've corrected that. If he can shoot a respectable percentage from the corner. That could just be the solution if he takes most of his shots from the corner, which is the, the closest, the easiest three-point shot. Um, if that's not the case, maybe just park him in the dunker spot. And like you said, like that little like kind of right on the block there, have Wilhelm be the floor spacer in the front court, and then Jawan is a guy where if, if whoever has the ball draws help, it makes them come up to the nail or whatever, you can just drop down from him, and he's athletic enough to finish down low like a big guy. But Yeah, and and I, don't, I haven't paid close enough attention again to know what he's like as a screener bounce. but the being a better screener we also that helps too. yeah help because if case. you can put him in the action then and you make him a role man then you, still, you can't ignore him yeah like, i mean if, if he's such a good screener that you have to show on the ball handler because he's putting the ball handler's defender just that much out of place just gets him open and um like you said just it makes it easier for him being a role man. And to your point about the the Warriors again, there is nobody on Nebraska basketball that is in the no remote neighborhood. That was, my, that was my utopia for sure, for sure. Yeah. Remote neighborhood of being the kind of shooter that Steph Clay or Jordan Poole are. But your point about off ball movement, like if CJ Wilcher shoots forty percent from three again, like teams are going to be really worried about him coming off screen. So that's another way you can like if you if you get to the point where CJ Wilcher is like commanding two guys attention every time he runs around an off-ball screen that can help you if Casey Tominaga is that kind of guy and that last year we saw a little bit of that after he had like a 25 point game against a in, in a bye game I forget who it was against but saw a little bit of that and Fred was saying like he's at the top of opposing team scouting reports like if you can get your shooters rolling to the point where they're attracting that kind of attention that can all mitigate this stuff but these are all ifs yeah that we need to see and and Wilter was probably who I had in mind when I yeah. even had half the thought. But um, at the same time, like, one, you're depending on him to be an outstanding off-ball right. mover. And two, um, he just doesn't have that handle to really counter nope. uh, if they try to right. put a stop to that. So. Close he, he, you see, like, he definitely has, like, you saw it in, in slight flashes last year and then you saw it on Sunday. He's got this little spin move that he can – it's like go left. It's He starts – he starts going right, comes back left, and it's like really smooth, really crisp. He can't like let on. It worked really well. I was like, oh, okay, CJ, a little pop there, and he went right hand, left side, and he kind of blew the finish. So he's still trying to put those polishes on his game. Um, overall, I'm not gonna. We're not gonna spend too much time on that scrimmage, but the positive is you kind of saw with the blueprint of what they're supposed to be. The offense was pretty ugly at times. Um, the three point shooting wasn't there. They shot like six for twenty six on mostly really good looks. But they did <clears throat> grab 19 offensive rebounds, which they've never done in a real game under Fred before. They did force 16 turnovers. Um, they got running pretty good in transition, running off misses. It's the, they're going to have to patch together points by getting stops, by, you know, Juwan Gary scored like three or four times off of zone miss. That's the kind of stuff they're going to have to do. 
None of that is rep- like what you saw on Sunday is good because that's the kind of energy they are going to need. Emmanuel Banamel pressuring guys 90 feet up the court. You're going to see that. Guys crashing the glass really hard, fighting, tipping balls off of misses. You're going to see that. But we don't know how effective it's going to be because Nebraska is not going to be five inches taller than their opponent at every position like they were on Sunday. That's what I got on that one. Creighton, boom. Moving to Creighton now. Um, they played this Iowa State scrimmage. We don't know a ton about what happened there, but general impressions. We were kind of talking about this before um, the, the pod. General impressions of Creighton. We talked, Francesco Farabella talked this week, Mason Miller talked this week, uh, Greg McDermott talked this week. General impressions of Creighton heading into this battle of Titans with, with Drury. Yeah. My, you know, some of the national stuff is starting to come out today. Uh, you know, the final lists and um, certain things about players and, um, my head is kind of spinning because I don't think there's really a consensus as much as we want to put Creighton in the top 10. There's some people still out on them being in the top 10. Uh, Norlander had them at 14, I believe, today. Um, and so I, the one thing I can say that I think everybody Matt has— Matt Norlander, do you work for CBS still? Yes. Okay. So I think the the one thing that everyone has in common is that nobody really knows anything about what this Creighton team is. And we probably won't know until Maui, frankly. Um, and, uh, you know, I, I I can't say much about the scrimmage. I don't know much about the scrimmage. But um, I I will say we were there for open practice um, the other day. What was that, Monday? Or? Yeah. yeah. I don't know. Monday. I wasn't there. Yeah, I don't know Monday. I said, yeah. So um, I will say people keep asking me about rotations. And um, we mentioned Farabello. It feels like Farabello's a shoe in. I mean, every, Everybody that we talked to, and, and John Christopoulos really torched the starters. Uh, yeah, he torched the starters in that in that practice. Like he must have had at least six threes. Like I, he was knocking down some super tough shots. Um, and even still, like Farabello's over him in a depth chart um, for multiple reasons. And they've kind of talked about it this week. But um, you know, having played three years of college basketball. Um, having a shoot, shooting profile that he's had during that time, um, kind of coming into his own as a voice. I mean, Mac talked about it uh, a decent bit that um, Francisco has really been one of the voices that stood out, um, and part of it is because he's just such a vet. And um, it's hard to, from what I understand, it's it's hard to keep him off the floor because not just because um, he could shoot. Obviously, I mean, you, you could look down the, the list and point at some shooters on his team, right? But – um, he just doesn't do much wrong, um, is my understanding, and um, the vocality adds to it. Like it's just hard to keep him off the floor. Being being mistake free is super underrated. Super underrated as yeah. far as a rotational piece goes. Uh, you mentioned Christophilus killing. You also said Ben Schultzberg was going off against the starters. Man, we, I feel like we kind of just sort of okay, Kalkbrenner's like a world beater on defense, they're going to be fine on defense. Yeah. Are we are we questioning that at all? Okay, so good point because um, being mistake-free is underrated, right? Like not being a liability as good as you are on one end, not being a liability on the other end is huge. And I think um, that's probably something that hasn't been talked about enough. I probably haven't talked about it enough. And um, Baylor Shireman is great as an offensive tool as he is. He's probably he's probably still not the best defender, and they're gonna have to hide him in some cases. And 
you know, a lot of it's going to be team defense. You know, how he fits into a team defense because he's not, he's probably not locking anybody up. So, um, and I think that's another thing they like about Francisco. He's just, he's solid. He's mistake free, like you said. And, um, Schultzberg, man, I'm, I'm trying not to become a Schultzberg <laughs> fan account, dog. He just, there's so much to like about him. Um, and in that practice, I mean, the, it was it was basically the starters, the rotation because it was the starters and then Francisco and, and Mason on one team, basically versus basically the rest of the team. And um, I mean, Schultzberg after a time, like Sharif was keeping him in the game, Christophe was hitting some shots, but after a certain time, I mean, when it got down to crunch time, like Schultzberg took over the game, and um, you're seeing him come off tight off pick and rolls, switch hands. Um, try different finishes with either hand, and he's getting so hot that you you could even see he, the possession before the end of the game, like the possession before the last possession, he threw up some shit he probably shouldn't throw up, but it was like he was having that kind of day right. where it was like you I can't question you can't rock with him anyway. Right. So the, what are you gonna do? Of course he's gonna throw it up, and he probably felt like it felt like he didn't feel like. The other guys on the floor at the same time could maybe create other shot as as well as he could at the time. I don't know, but um, and then he just for the last possession and it was a tie game, and they send two defenders at him and he just throws up a a bank three that you just knew was going in because it was that kind of day for him. He he just doesn't fail to surprise me, dog. Like I'm I'm really excited about his future, and um, I don't know. Like I've talked about this quite a bit because people, I'm not the only one that's high on him. Like, there's a a group of Creighton fans that are like exponentially high on him, and they're like, "Yeah, we know ball." Like it's like that type of deal. Yeah. Like we know ball. Ben is great, and and um, I know I saw somebody quote him on tweet the other day when I was talking about Ben. They're like, "Yeah, see, I know ball." Like that type <laughs> of deal. Like it's it's one of those type of deals, and um, I don't know if it'll show this year because he's obviously in a tough yeah. spot. But for the future, like people should be excited about him, and and it's still not it's not wraps for him this year. Like he still has a chance sure. to. Fight well, I for mean, like so. that's I mean above all else, they saw last year how how much injuries can make an impact on you. For you to have that, to just be waiting in the wings, like if someone you know knock on wood, we don't want anyone to get hurt. But if someone does go down, to just have that waiting is is huge. You, you, I want to go back to what you were saying about Shireman real quick. How how much of a concern is that? Because like he's big. So that helps. Then they're not gonna. He's not gonna be sticking on like anyone's best perimeter scorer. They're probably gonna put him on like a, a shooter or even better a non-shooter. Like just keep track of this dude and and use your size and be in the right spots kind of deal. I don't know. And it's not like in college basketball teams are like calling guys up and like hey we're gonna get a switch onto Baylor Shire. I don't think that doesn't happen as much as it does in the NBA. Um, is is there anyone else that we're looking at? terms of like a concern on deep like is is Nemhard's size is that a concern at all um i still think he's a gritty he gonna try to get under you yeah. so i think he's definitely less of a i worry. think trey kaluma caulk were, were set there yeah and frankly i mean and we've talked about this too just in terms of building a basketball team those are probably the three molds of defenders you need to mm-hmm. be able to hide two guys if possible i think we talked about this with like the Cavs. Uh, their new built team. Just you got a a wing defender, like a point of attack defender. You could just throw on the the other team's best perimeter player. I think that's probably going to be Trey. Yeah. Um, you got another combo forward that's versatile, can play in the gaps, 
and maybe pick up a second option or I don't know, just fly around. And that's probably Kaluma. And then you got the guy that's manning the rim. Um, probably the best guy in college basketball that can man a rim and, and Kalkbrenner and um like you talked about, I mean that's he elevates them to like a top twenty defense alone. So I don't gotta say too much about that. So I think those three guys being what they are and the roles they have as defenders, I think if they play to their potential, um, they can hide Baylor fairly well. I mean, it, if if it is as big a concern as we're talking about, um, and as some people seem to to think, I, I I mean, the staff hasn't talked about it enough. I don't know if it's because they don't want that being out there before the season. I mean, obviously, it's it's out there that he's not the greatest defender. He's big, man. Like, I just feel like. Who Baylor? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And like he has the size to be a decent defender. I don't, I don't know what yeah, it I don't, is. He's probably not. I mean, yeah. I, I'll Maybe he has to exert he's himself. He's not the fastest dude. He's not the quickest. He's not going to move laterally great. I'm not that worried about because he's not going to guard anyone who does. Sure, sure. And and you know, part of it. I mean, you're right. He has the size to to be a decent defender at this level. Um and, um I don't know. Maybe they're working some IQ on him to. I mean, he part of it might have been that you know. At his last stop, that he was exerting himself so much on offense that that's huge. He he couldn't have played defense, kind of like um, what some people argue with James Harden over the years. But um, yeah, I don't know. I think they can hide him if it comes to that. And and then Nemhard, I think, is less of a worry. So if Nemhard yes. is getting beat on a certain night, I mean, maybe you just got to chalk that up as a chalk that up as a loss. But I, for I, smaller dudes, though, like like you said, as long as you compete and like you can get under a guy, like if you're, there's certain like Chris Paul does this. Like some some bigger guys don't like me. Kevin Durant actually doesn't really love being guarded by Chris Paul because Chris Paul gets like uses that 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 size differential to like get under him and like make people uncomfortable. Yeah. There's ways to to mitigate that stuff too. I don't think it's going to be that big of a concern. We'll see though. We'll see. I like that Baylor Shireman James Harden comp though. You snuck in there. Stop. <laughs> I did. did. I mid-season, wish I could take it back now. I wish I could take it Baylor Shireman's just dribbling 500 times. <laughs> Ryan Kalkbrenner's calling for the ball. Baylor Shireman's taking step back threes. Oh my gosh, I they're, on, already, they're calling though. him the dribbler on NBA. Baylor Shireman, the dribbler on on TNT. Um, okay, one other Creighton thing that uh, we should talk about. We had a new mock draft from Sam Vicini today. Who mm-hmm. would really, you argue he's, he's the best in the biz? It's He's right up there with Gavoni. Like Mike Schmitz works for the Blazers now. So yeah, man, I miss Mike. Me too. Man. Good dude. I, I actually yeah, met him at, up the, with him at Big Ten tournament. Yep, me too. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, um, yeah, so it's Gavoni. I mean, it's like Sam Vecini's right up there with everybody else. I think so. Yeah. Um, so two notable things to me. First, Arthur Kluma was not included. Yeah. That's crazy. Very strange. Because he's been in other mock drafts as like a first-round pick. He was in Sam Vecini's last mock draft as a oh. as the 15th pick, which is one of the higher people That's I've seen on him. wild. Yeah. That is wild. Yeah. Um, why, Not trying to recklessly speculate here, but also kind of trying to recklessly speculate here. Why do we think that is? We have to recklessly speculate. Yeah, it's um, only what's all we can do. I think, uh, I think Sam is thinking – that Coloma might come back for another year. It's my only explanation because I've never quite seen, especially someone of of Vecini's caliber, I've never seen someone go from, you know, being as high as, you know, borderline lottery on a on a guy to being completely out on him being a draft pick in a matter of two, three months. Um, the only logical explanation to me is that he's gotten wind of the idea that Coloma could stick around, but 
Um, and I don't want to yeah. necessarily combat his intel, but, but from the I'm vibe saying, I've gotten, it seems like Kaluma is the guy to leave out of I'm everybody. Just, I'm just talking like, like if you do mock drafts, it seems pointless to try to speculate in October what guys are going to do after the season. I think if you're doing a mock draft, you're just assuming that everyone who can enter is going to enter. Well, it, it's, it's fair for certain guys, especially if he's a first round guy it's fair because i've seen gg jackson uh get omitted from you know a lot of minecraft because people think he's gonna stay but so that does that mean so the other the other notable thing was this was the first i've seen of trey alexander popping up in a mock draft would they have him at number 43 43 yeah so does that mean there's he hasn't until that trey alexander would be trying to get out of here after this season i got until the trey alexander (laughs) would be (laughs) trying to get out of here this year but when, when i talk to um, Trey, when I've talked to Trey over the, the past month or so, um, that was the first time I got wind of him okay. believing that he could have a great enough season to leave. And um, because I was, I was, I came in with the thought that if Trey does um, see himself as an NBA player, I thought it would maybe happen next draft cycle, mm-hmm. you know, when some of these dudes like Kaluma and whoever were out of here and he could really take off. Um, but you also have like the same way you got some people who didn't even have him being all big East yeah. or honorable mention or whatever. He didn't receive a single honor. There are also a bunch of people around the program and others that are really high on him. Yeah, he's that, on a lot of like breakout player watch lists. Not now. even that. Some people think he could be this team's best, best. player or okay. second best player. So I think he's, under a similar belief, I think he thinks he can score with the best of them. I don't know if he thinks he's the team's best player. He's he's never said that to me. But um, I know... Every player on that team thinks they're the team's best player. Maybe. but If I, you don't, I don't want you on my team. Sure. And I, I do know for a fact that you know when we started talking about the draft, because obviously he's going to come up with Coloma, um, Trey feels like he can be an NBA player, no doubt. And... Um, he said something along the lines of maybe it's after this season, maybe it's after next season, maybe it's the season after that. He knows it can happen, and he wouldn't be surprised personally if it happens after this season based on whatever type of season he has. I'm on the Trey train, man. Like I think like he's got the body for it. He's got he's got the bag for it. I want to see the three point shot. That'll be a big part of it. But he can defend. He's he is an NBA player at some point. Yeah. I'm. I just continue to be skeptical of like all these dudes who are projected to be second round picks saying I'm going to the league. Like it's just a really tough entry point, man. Like Baylor Sherman has no like. There's no decision. He's gonna go, and if he gets drafted, awesome, happy for him. Kalkbrenner though, like if he stays around, like you can improve that draft status. You can be a late first. Trey, I think the ceiling's even higher for him. Like if he, if you know, if Kaluma leaves and Shireman leaves, and now it's like him and Nemhard. And Kalkbrenner are well, no, Kalkbrenner is the finisher. Them, those two are like the two primary creators. Like he could show a lot more yeah. than what he might be able to show this year. I just, I don't know why. Like Bryce, I don't know. I said it before. I don't know why Bryce McGowan's left last year. Um, I, I just think that it's the percentage on second round picks. I did a stat this uh, last year after Bryce declared, or even before Bryce declared, because it was a lot of noise about it before. Like the number of guys who. Like the, the the primary motivation for leaving as early as you can is that it starts your clock right. It starts your clock up for extension talks. Everyone wants to get a max extension. You want to get the bag as much as early as you possibly can. The number of guys who get 
that kind of extension when they get drafted, like not even second round, like past 20, we're talking about like three or four dudes. I remember it was like Jimmy Butler, Rudy Gobert. I was certain this on basketball reference over the summer, Jimmy Butler, Rudy Gobert, Nikola Jokic, like a few more guys are close-ish, but it's not, it's a very short list. So like, I don't know. I'm skeptical about any of these dudes who are, who are, could be early entrants that are mid to late second round picks staying in the draft or staying in the draft. You know, and, and I'm, I'm not mad at that. Um, I personally thought the trade would stick around for next year because it would, I still do think that's going to happen. Yeah. We'll see. It, it's a big possibility. And um, I, I'd agree. It, it would be better for his, his draft stock. I think um, but at the same time, I can get why some players um, jump the gun. Um, he's a sophomore. Uh, you're not getting any younger. So I can see where he's coming from. But um, I do think it would be better for him to leave as a junior, probably. But and there's there's an argument to be made. Like it's not cut and dry. Like the faster you can get NBA coaching and NBA development, like in an NBA system, in theory, the faster you can, you know, adapt to that kind of. Play. He already plays NBA style, but like adapt to the new challenges, the bigger size, you know, being of a smaller fish in a bigger pond, all that stuff. It's not. It's not like. There's not. It's not like there's no reason to go. Yeah. I just think that if you come in as a first round pick, they've invested more resources into you. They're more likely to, you're, they're more likely to prioritize you as a second round pick. You're kind of just like, okay, we'll see what happens. And, and maybe we're underselling. I mean, it's October. Maybe For sure. We're, maybe we're he could underselling. He could zoom up. Right, right, right. Because um, if you look at it from an outside scope, if you are a draft guy, um, these are five players that could be pros right starting and um if you're on a team like that and and you've seen this with with high managers if you're on a team that talented and you still manage to make a dent um not just you know on the box score but on this team season i gotta imagine that that raises your draft stock to a different level um and it's probably a situation you want to capitalize on there's always a tournament bump too yeah like if you make a run in the tournament if you have a tournament moment like there's like yes we have all these it's an analytics revolution and it's like what's your what's your free throw rate what's your you know what's your testing numbers all that stuff but it's still like there are gms who are just like yeah but like you see him take over for four minutes at the end of that game though like that was kind of tight that yeah. that still exists yeah that that sort of draft evaluation still exists um real quick <laughs> i'm surprised you with this one quick rap takes drake and 21 are dropping at midnight don't want to hear it why um i i haven't cared about 21 savage since he was like an xxl freshman okay um, just not the biggest fan. Like, if I'm going to sit down, my listening process is, like, I got to sit down and actually listen to a whole tape. And as much as I love Drake, I don't have it in me to sit down for 30-plus minutes of 21 Savage, bro. Like, I'd, I'd rather just go on TikTok or, or hear it on the street what, what songs are good off that tape than actually sit there and listen to it through. I'm glad this is not an anti-Drake take because there's a lot of Drake hate out in the world. He's mm-hmm. the artist of our generation. Yeah. He's been doing – he. I actually even like the experimental, like, dancey record he dropped. The Like, the what was it called? It was called Honestly Nevermind. Like, yeah. I was banging that over yeah. the summer. I Honestly loved it. Nevermind, bro. I loved it. it honestly whatever. Nevermind, yeah. But, what did I say? What? No. Did I not you, say you, Honestly Nevermind? No, I was just saying Honestly okay. Nevermind because it was just whatever. <laughs> but, um, yeah, I had Drake on Shuffle this morning, bro. Okay. Like, I really Good. rock with Drake. But it's I appreciate just that. certain collabs is just. I just think on, every time, every time Drake decides to grace us with his presence i'm gonna he's not gonna be around forever 
He's not going to be around forever. Well, I'm looking forward to you sending me the songs that oh, are good on there. absolutely. And, and really, I'll say this. 11.15 p.m. tonight. Joel's phone is buzzing. Okay. Well, I'll say this. I would 100% listen to a a 21 Savage tape through before I listen to a Moneybag single. I'll say okay, that. Okay. All right. Just a thought. That's a thought. Yeah. Um, I thought I had some one more thing to ask you, but we'll get to it next week. Next week is exciting, man. Like, it's like season preview time. Yeah. Season. What do you mean? I mean, it's I, good. I don't want to see the damn games already, dog. I know, me too. But like, we gotta we gotta push the content out first. Yeah. We gotta push the content out first. Give we'll them keep, our LinkedIn. We'll, <laughs> we'll keep it moving. Please stay tuned to everything we are doing at, at the at the Omaha World Herald by newspaper. They do still exist. <laughs> Log on to Omaha.com. Subscribe, 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 subscribe to the podcast. That means you don't have to go looking for it. It'll just come to you. And yeah. then we get download numbers instantly, and it gives us a confidence boost. Do all of that stuff. Keep listening to us. We will be back next week. 